your brother yeah um, second word I'm going to ask Cassie to share me um, I saw this morning um, the 
sword coming it was like gold and it was really sharp um I saw it coming from the side and I saw it separating flesh from faith um yeah and the sharpness of that sword would, would yeah cut us um that word speaks to the church about correction and that's where the Lord is leading us uh, this morning into his word he wants to correct us and I had prepared uh, to speak to the church about perseverance but the Lord uh, changed that this morning to to speak Uh, He wants to speak to us about correction. He wants to correct his church and correct us. And last week I came to speak about faith and Father's Day. The Lord wanted us to know that he's a loving father and he, as a loving father, he loves to discipline his children. So we ended up sharing about the discipline of God. So the correction of God is similar to the discipline of God, but it's more specific. In fact, God wants to correct us to bring us more in line with His Son. The Father wants to correct us to bring the Son of Christ, to bring us in line with His will, which is Jesus. His will is Jesus manifest on the earth, and His will is to bring us into the Christ-like nature and character of Christ. And that's as we get into His Word. The word is like a sword that cuts off the flesh, cuts off the carnal nature, cuts off the old man and allows that which is precious to grow. That What, what is precious in your life is, is the Christ-like nature, the nature of Christ. And I believe as a church we need to be aware of the season that we are in and what the Lord wants to do in it, in our midst. Otherwise, we could miss it. We could just overlook this season and not see uh, the hand of God. We may not see the correction of God, and, but He wants to bring about Christ in us. So we thank you, Jesus. We submit our lives to you. We open our hearts to you this morning, to your word. We ask that you would give us humble hearts and listening ears. We would be attentive to you. That we would not miss your desire, your heart for for your people, for us. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, uh, worship team. We're going to have a look in Daniel chapter 10, verse 12. Then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself, Before your God, your words were heard. And I have come because of your words. 
So we see here Daniel's words were important to God. And when Daniel spoke, God came. God sent his messenger. God sent the answer to his prayer. God sent his angel to Daniel. So Daniel was in a time of captivity in Babylon. It was a difficult season, difficult life for Daniel. But it was a very fruitful life. Daniel didn't miss the plan of God in his captivity. And he heard the plan of God for the future and he prophesied things that uh, have come to pass, began begun coming to pass and will uh, have not yet come to pass but will come to pass. And I believe one of the reasons... Um, that God spoke so clearly to Daniel about future events and prophetic events that were to take place on the earth um, was other than he lived a holy and a pure life and he dedicated his life to God, other than that, uh, he had a humble heart. Or he, he gives us a key here in verse 12. Daniel set his heart to understand and I believe that in this season, in order to learn uh, God's plan and God's purpose, we must set our hearts to understand. Must set our hearts to understand. And this involves humility. Because pride, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. So God... Uh, may not reveal the secrets to the proud where he may reveal secrets to the humble. So the proud will miss uh, the voice of God. The proud will miss the correction of God, but the humble receive it. So God can speak, uh, but the proud may not hear. Uh, but as we humble ourselves, um, we can receive correction from the Lord, uh, which is a, a wonderful thing and an important thing. Um, it's an important process. It shouldn't say a thing. It's a process and it's a life. Um, we're called to live a life of humility and we're, we're never experts uh, we're not experts, we are learners. So over to Daniel chapter 12. Uh, this is the last chapter in Daniel and pretty much sums up the whole of Daniel's life or the purpose for his life. And I'm just going to read through most of the chapter and if you could just bear bear with the word of God and, and just humble your heart as you hear it. And we know that God spoke many troubling things uh, to Daniel and revealed much that was to happen in the future. Um, but we see... Um, let's start 
from verse 2. Many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. That's a good word right there. (laughs) Some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament. And those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Verse 4. But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall increase. So uh, the Lord turns the subject to timing. So I want us to think about timing and I think... For this season, we need to understand the time that we're in and God's purpose in this season. Verse 5, Then I, Daniel, looked, and, and there stood two others, one on, he, one on this river bank and the other on that river bank. And one said to the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the river. Okay, we need to see Jesus now. Clothed in linen, standing above The waters, waters speaking about troubles on the earth. Jesus is the only man uh, that walked on water. Well, the first man to walk on water and helped helped Peter also walk on water. So Daniel um, asked him a question, how long shall the fulfillment of these wonders be? Then I heard the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the river when he held up his right hand and his left to heaven. And swore by him who lives forever, that it shall be for a time, times, and half a time. And when the power of the holy people has been completely shattered, all these things shall be finished. Although I heard, I did not understand. Then I said, my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? Uh, So just throw something in there. Uh, This... Vision came as a result of Daniel setting his heart to understand. But when he saw the vision, he says he didn't understand. So don't be perturbed if you don't always understand what's going on in your life or in the world. At the right time, God will reveal it to you if you have a humble heart. Verse 9, And he said, Go your way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. So everything has a time and a season under heaven. Verse 10, many shall be purified, made white and refined. Praise God. But the wicked shall do wickedly and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. And from the time that the daily sacrifice is taken away and the abomination of desolation is set up, there shall be 1,000 290 days. Blessed is he who waits and comes to the 1,335 days. But you go your way till the end, for you shall rest and will arise in your inheritance at the end of the day. So God is bringing us uh, to a, a time... Uh, And God has brought us to a time in this world where we see the world is crying out for a king, a king that has solutions, a king that's able to rule and bring peace. And the Bible also tells us that because the world is crying out, 
for peace, at the end of the time, uh, there will be a man that will rise up uh, and he will take all political power, he will take all economical power and he will take religious power and he will be the Antichrist. But he's a false, he, he sits in the place of lies and he's a false God and he's a false hope. So, so we don't get deceived by the Antichrist, whether it be a man or a spirit. We have to set our, um, our vision on the true Christ so that we're not deceived by an imposter. So God, we can see what's going on in the world today, that it's a setting a stage uh, for the man of sin to be revealed. But that should not be our focus. Or our, we should not give attention to what's going on uh, around us, but we should give our attention to the man in linen who is walking on top of the waters. Jesus must be our vision. Uh, wherever we are today and whatever we're involved in. So uh, that being said, um, the topic for today is, uh, is correction. And um, I'm going to speak to you a little bit out of my journal um, just regarding what, how the Lord has been correcting me this week. And... Um, Anything that I say from this point on is, <laughs> it's from my journal and it's a personal uh, journal. For those of you who don't know, it's just uh, my log of as that I don't always write in, and um, but this week I, I wrote, and it's what the way God has been dealing with me, and I've entitled uh, this journal entry the Harvest Field. <clears throat> Jesus said, lift up your eyes, the fields are white unto harvest. And actually I had two visions praying this morning uh, in my personal prayer time and I saw a harvester and was reminded of what the Lord saw when he saw mankind. And then I saw uh, like a, a bookshelf, I think th a series of three bookshelves which were empty except for one book and it was an old, really old book. It was dusty and um, oh, the, entitled, <laughs> the title on the side of that book was How to Win the Lost. So um, I, I figured the Lord wanted to teach us how to win the lost. So I think the church, as, as a church, we need to... Just go back to uh, opening up that old dusty book and learn how to win the lost. We need to do that, and I think for me personally, I, I need to. I need to learn um, because I have to say that um, you know we're not being as effective as we could be, and I don't feel like God is threatened by the church being shut down in the sense that. Um, you know, religious services are being shut down, but I feel like his kingdom is growing and I've been hearing reports of people coming to know the Lord, which is great, which shows us the church is not shut down. So we are the church. You are the church. Church is not just a building uh, or an organisation. Uh, the church is not just a fivefold ministry, but 
the church is you. You are the church and you are open for business. Yeah, that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Jesus. Um, okay, so I uh, just wanted to start with some, something that happened to me this week. Uh, I was having a, a time of uh, night prayer and was pressing into the Lord and I had a plan to, to pray uh, through the night to a certain time. I, um, I, my time was cut short and I believe it was the Lord and I looked at my uh, clock and it was 202. The number 202 is very significant for me. I'll explain that um, later on. But it, it, for me, it's marching orders. So I grabbed my things, left the church building. It was, I think, this was, um, yeah, it was 2.02 a.m. in the morning. And got in my car, started to drive off. And as I was driving off, I, was nearly, I nearly collided with a young lady um, tearing down the footpath out of control on a push bike, wearing very little with a a bleeding arm in a lot of pain and um, I went over, I stopped the car, <laughs> went over to her and and asked her if she was okay. She was not okay, she was in a lot of distress and, and uh, in agony and told me that she was uh, trying to get home and she was, her home was in Manly but she was heading uh, past the church away from Manly and she'd been trying to stop cars on the way and no one would stop for her and um, it was, I just have to say I was quite overwhelmed of the situation uh, but I knew that God had brought her uh, to the house of God so that she could get help where she wasn't able to get it um, in other places. Um, so we left her bike in the church, and I took, I drove her back uh, to Manly, and was able to just interact with her and pray for her, and and just share the love of Jesus with her. Dropped her off, and um, yeah, it, w- it was it was an interesting journey. Um, her arm was bleeding on the way. Um, I, I happened. She asked me for a band aid. Um, not that that would have helped, but I actually had a, a, a bandage on my dashboard. I hurt my arm a couple of weeks ago, so I, I got actually took took a bandage. I didn't have a first aid kit. I actually raided the church first aid kit. Um, I need to replace that bandage. <laughs> it's my confession. St- stole from the house of God. Um, so anyway, I'd never used it, and but it was sitting. That bandage was sitting on my dashboard for about three weeks, and the Lord had a greater purpose for it. And she she was able to take that bandage and um, dropped her off. And uh, fortunately, Cat uh, the next day had decided. Um, thanks to Cat, if you're listening to this, um, had decided to take the day off work. Um, I couldn't get on to. To, to Lani, she was really busy doing other things and um, Kat also living in Manly was able to go around and, and spend some time with this young girl 
Um, so yeah, it, it was, and I'm reminded, you know, that that um, leading people to Jesus, you know, in this next season, um, it's going to take a community effort. You know, it's not uh, winning souls to Christ. It's not uh, one superstar that's going to do the job. You know, it's we all bring our gifts to the table, and I believe God is going to help us to work together to, to win the lost and to bring in the harvest and really blessed by those that have been uh, cooking meals and preparing meals and uh, bringing food from supermarkets and, and buying food and bringing it into the house of God. And, and I want you to know that um, that's been really useful and there's a bunch of us that have been going out into the poor areas and uh, door knocking and giving out food and praying for people and leading people to the love of God. And we're going to continue to do that every Tuesday and and Thursday at 4 p.m. If you want to be involved in that, you are more than welcome. So Isaiah 58, verse 6 and 8, uh, before I share a little bit more uh, from my week. Is this not the fast that I have chosen to loose the ba- the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free? And that you break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry? And that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out. When you see the naked, that you cover him. And not hide yourself from your own flesh. Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily. And your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Uh, so the subject is correction today. And this, this Isaiah 58, the prophet Isaiah is correcting Israel uh, on their religious works which weren't bearing fruit. And f- when he speaks about fasting, he speaks about religious works. Not that you know, fasting is wrong, fasting is a good thing for us to do but um, it should bring forth so any any religious activity should bring forth freedom and help for others if it doesn't then it's it's not uh, linked with the heart of God because we see that's what happened when Jesus came to the earth Uh, Jesus brought freedom and help for people so um God's really been stirring me, my heart, and I asked the question last week, um, you know, why I asked the church to ask the question, why lockdown? Why has God allowed this? And God, I've been asking the Lord, why? And so God has been responding to me. Um, I feel like for me personally, just being busy with, with church and not necessarily busy uh, with my calling, part of my calling, which is to reach the lost. And that's something which, um, when I go back to my first salvation experience, God put in my heart just a desperate desire to reach the lost. And, you know, you, we get busy doing church stuff. We get busy doing religious kind of things. And it's easy to forget the lost, you know, and God has been stirring my heart. And so the number 202, uh, that speaks to me 
about it's time to go, to get up and move, and why 202. 202 was the bus that, that I used to get to school in the morning. And, um, you know, I would get up every day and, and go to the bus stop and need to be there at a certain time in order not to miss a bus. And I would get the 202 bus from Northbridge to North Sydney and back home every day. So it's timing. It's a timing word for me, 202. And um, I'm sharing this with you because there's significant things in our upbringing that determines our calling or makes our calling sure. The Bible tells us to make our calling and election sure. And there are things in our life, in our upbringing, in our childhood that is just is, is not a mistake. You know, and God has a, a, a great purpose for your life. So day two in the creation story, uh, two, yeah, speaks to us in the creation story about when God made the heavens and he separated the heaven and earth and the heavens speaks about the, uh, the atmosphere around the earth and also the, the starry hosts in the sky. And the stars became a sign to mankind that God exists and they have always been a sign to mankind about the gospel story. We know when you study the stars, uh, the devil tried to pervert, pervert that uh, with astrology and and. The star signs have been perverted, they are lies. But the reality is that there is a gospel story in the star signs. The stars speak about the gospel. You can see uh, the, the, uh, God's plan for mankind is salvation. So as we really study the stars, it will lead us with an open heart and a willing heart to know God. It will lead you to Jesus. And we know the stars led the wise men, wise men to Christ. So creation speaks to us about honouring Jesus, honouring the creator. So day two, the number two uh, points to the saviour of the world. And we are called, as we, we read in Daniel, uh, he that is wise would know the times and the seasons that he's living in and he would, he would lead many to righteousness. If you would be wise, you will lead many to righteousness. And if you do that, you will shine uh, like a star in the firmament for the rest of eternity. Isn't that awesome? Not only are uh, you called to be a, a sign to the Savior here on the earth, but you're going to be a, a sign and a wonder for the rest of eternity, like a, um, like a star in the sky. Uh, my f- when I got my first mobile uh, phone, it was a big deal because, um, you know, I grew up without mobile phones and when they first came in, I was given this number uh, and the middle number in my mobile number is still the same number I have today as 202. <laughs> and... Um, 202 is also, it's a popular uh, Holden engine and um, also 307 is also a popular uh, Holden engine which is the last three numbers in my my phone number. What that speaks to me is that my communication uh, should reflect Christ and 
These are little things, maybe insignificant to you, but they're, they're major things for, for, for me and for my life. Not only should I reflect Christ, but uh, 202-307, two very popular Holden engines, uh, speaks about the nation of Australia. <laughs> and God has called me to reach Australians for him. And I, that's significant for me because when I came to know Jesus, all I wanted to do was go overseas. I just desperately wanted to go to the mission field. I thought the mission field uh, was, you know, Philippines, Africa, and it is very much, and Indonesia, all of those places, I, Papua New Guinea. I had made every effort and expelled all of my human energy and resources to be in those places. But God didn't allow me to go there and has continually brought me back to the nation of Australia. So here we are. Australia for Jesus. And uh, yeah, I feel called here. And may the nations of the earth come here if I can't go. But I'm looking forward to going. So I'm going to continue to try. <laughs> so yeah, uh, burden for Australia. I, I grew up uh, at a place in Northbridge, number 11, the outpost. Number 11 is. Uh, Two ones put together, which means two. The name of my street was the outpost. God has called me to be an outpost for his gospel. And it was at that place, number 11, the outpost, that I came to know Jesus. And number 11 speaks to, to me about the 11th hour. This is the 11th hour. It's a final lap of the race before Jesus comes back. It's time to get busy and win souls to lead people to Christ. And, you know, I was reminded about this uh, this week. And as many of us have been starting to pray more for the lost than what we were praying uh, when church was going on. Because we, we're beginning to realise, I'm starting to realise that, that we as individuals are the church. Um, so, yeah, shortly after I had this encounter uh, with this young lady this week, uh, there was a man that came in. His name was Daniel to to fix the carpet in the church, in the kids' area, put new carpet in. And he was a nice guy chatting with him. Uh, straight away was able to share uh, some of my testimony with him and he was, you know, very receptive. And was was I was so happy, you know, just to meet someone uh, that, that was just so willing uh, to hear um, the word of God. You know, and, and um, I noticed he had a, a sore arm and I really wanted to pray for him then and there. But I thought, no, I don't want to freak this guy out too much. I'm going to let him do his work. And so I sat down and just put the worship on in the church while he was working. And uh, looked up and saw he, he was in a lot of pain and he was limping around and... Now, then the Lord said to me, okay, now you need to go and pray for him so he can get his job done. And so I went and was able to, to see him healed. And, yeah, he was so excited and happy. And, yeah, it was, it was a good time to lead him to Jesus. So I was able to do that. Um, so I, I was excited uh, because church is closed, but... Church is not closed, and this is a fulfillment uh, of Isaiah 
chapter 56, verse 6 and 7. It says, Also the sons of the foreigner who join themselves to the Lord to serve him and to love the name of the Lord, to be his servants, everyone who keeps from dwell, defiling the Sabbath and holds fast my covenant, even them I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in the house of prayer. So God is bringing people into our lives. So I just want to encourage you uh, right now, just ask the Lord a question this week. And the question I want you to ask is, who do you want me to lead to you? And how do you want me to do that? So two questions. Who am I to lead to you? And how do you want me to do it? And I believe God is going to show you He's going to help you uh, to lead people to him. Jesus is king. You are his church and church is on. Church is open. Yeah. We are a team. This is a team effort. And the young lady that... I ran into, as I shared, she was on a bike. She told me that uh, she found the bike. During the week, my daughter Sarah was on Facebook and she saw a post of someone missing a bike and in the local area. And she rec- when she came up to the church, she saw that bike in the yard and she contacted the lady on Facebook and the lady came to the church to receive the stolen goods, which really blessed me because I was thinking in my mind, gee, I'm going to have to take this bike to the, to the police, um, see if they can find a, the missing owner. But, you know, God is establishing uh, his church on the earth as a place where people can come not just to receive healing, not just to receive salvation, but they can come and receive comfort when they're in distress. They can come to the house of God to receive safety when they feel unsafe. And the vulnerable, God is looking for a place for the vulnerable to come in. It was clear to me that that young lady, was, she was in distress she was a play, in a place of vulnerability. If she hadn't come across my path, then she told me she was about to go into the bushes and spend the night in the bushes. And she was just overwhelmed uh, with anxiety. So much so that she had, in her desperation to find her way back to Manly, she had climbed a fence with this wound in her arm had gone into someone's house and stolen their bike (laughs) somehow thrown it over the fence which was locked and yeah it was that bike that ended up in God's house so prophetically let the house of God be established on the earth of a as a place of refuge for the oppressed in a place where stole the stolen, that which is stolen, uh, that which is lost, may be found. 
Isaiah 2 verse 2 and 3, this is God's heart. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on top of the mountains. So this is Isaiah 2, 2. Just reflecting for me personally on the number 202. This verse is very integral uh, for the beginning of Harvest Time Church. I won't go into it, but this verse is very extremely prophetic concerning God's plan and purpose with his house. That the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on top of the mountains, that it should be visible. I mean, it's, it's enough of church being hidden, enough of church being quiet, and enough of church being irrelevant to the world. The world does not see the Christian church as a place where they can go to help. God is changing that. When the world gets sick, they run to the doctors because they don't know there's a healing balm in Zion. They don't understand. They have not seen Jesus as the healer. That is all changing. When people lose their possessions, they don't think to go to the church to recover stolen goods. That is changing in Jesus' name. We cannot be quiet any longer. So the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established. The mountain of the Lord's house shall become relevant to the world. Where we've been unrelevant, where we haven't related to the world's needs, now God is establishing his people on the earth that we would be relevant to the needs of the people. We'd be exalted above the hills, the church. We'd be exalted above the hills. And the nations shall flow to it. It's harvest time. It's time for the nations of the earth to flow to the house of God, to come into the house of God. It's no, no longer going out on the street and harassing people. It's no longer going out and standing on a soapbox and, and, and declaring things. I mean, those things are good if God leads you to it. But there comes a time where the nations of the earth begin to flow into the house of God. Just flow in. People are going to come. It says, the Bible says in verse 3, Isaiah 2, 3, Many people shall come. Many are going to come into the house of God. And I just want to prophesy into your life and into the church that you are the house of God and many people are going to come into you through your life. And every involvement you have with somebody in this earth today is an opportunity for them to come to the house of God. It's an opportunity for them to know Jesus through your life. So there is, there is places that God has put you that is very significant for others so that you can be a, a voice of salvation. You can be hands of healing. That you can be a person of comfort and refuge for the oppressed. Many people shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord to the house of the God of Jacob. Many are going to come and he will teach us of his ways and we shall walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. These are exciting times. So as we pray, let our prayers, uh, let's, let's just take the focus off uh, these other things. Let's, let's leave, uh, leave the, you know, I, I don't feel called uh, to fight the government uh, at this stage right now as a church leader. I don't feel from God to fight the government uh, in anything. 
I don't feel from the Lord to do that. So please don't be discouraged if I am not joining you in your, what you are called to do. But right now I feel called to reach the lost. And if I am busy fighting a battle which I'm not meant to fight, then I cannot fight the battle which I'm meant to fight. And there's a battle for souls going on. God wants his people, he wants his children to come home. There's a real openness out in the community right now. People are longing for contact. They're longing for help. They're starved of community. So just to encourage you, um, yeah, just, just I, I'm speaking spiritually, take off your mask. Maybe not physically, but spiritually, we need to take off our masks so that others can take their masks off. We need to get real with people and just really reach out and touch people and be the hand of God so that they can flow to his house and learn of his ways. It's an exciting time to live in. I believe God is going to use each one of us to lead people to himself. So I'm going to finish now. And I'm going to leave you with these two questions. Whom shall I reach? And how shall I reach them? Question number one, I repeat. Whom shall I reach this week? Whom shall I reach? Could you ask that question with me? Whom shall I reach? Whom can I reach for you this week? And number two. How shall I reach them? This is very significant. How is as important as who? Because everyone comes to Christ through a different way. That's why we need to be sensitive to the Spirit. I spoke last week about how the religious mindset is not flexible. The religious mindset gets, gets stuck in a box, in a routine. And it's not flexible with winning souls and leading people to Christ, we need to be flexible. We need to be led by the voice of the shepherd because it's strategic where you are and who you are speaking with at a certain time because there are people in the earth today that are crying out for help. They may not be crying out to Jesus, but they just may be crying out for help. And it was significant to me that, you know, the example of this young girl on the bike, was in utter distress, utter despair, and she was crying out for help. And I needed to be somewhere at a certain time. And God is going to use you to be somewhere at a certain time. But let's not miss these divine appointments that he has for, for us every day. Number one, whom shall I reach? Number two, how? Shall I reach them? Who shall I reach? How shall I reach them? So let's not get frustrated that we can't get together for church right now. Let's, let's be the church. Let's be the church in the community. Let's open up for church. I encourage you just to open up your heart of worship as you go about your daily life. When we come back corporately, we're not going to come back by ourselves. And I would urge you to bring with you to the house of God 
not just yourself, not just your offering, your monetary offering, but bring that which is pleasing to the Lord, that which he bled for. Bring the souls of men. So bring something, someone back. When we come to church, I encourage you, who will you bring with you? What is the fruit from your life? Who are your disciples? Encourage everyone to be a disciple maker. Have a love for the people that Jesus bled for. Whom shall I reach? How shall I reach them? Lord, I I don't want to stand before you empty-handed on that day. Let me bring some with me, some precious ones that you died for, that you bled for, that you gave up your life for. And each one of us are in contact with precious sons and daughters of God. And you're not going to reach everyone. So don't be discouraged that not everyone listens to you. But you are going to reach someone. You're going to bring someone with you. So before the lockdown, we may have been a church of 50. I would be happy when we gather again if we could, if we could just double what we were. If we could each bring one. Just bring one into his house. Jesus went after the one. The one wounded person. One needy person. One hungry person. God is teaching us. And I believe this season he wants to teach us how to win souls. None of us, I believe, are experts. But we can all, uh, we can all be learners. And God is reteaching me. And I want to realign my life to do that which is pleasing in his sight. So, Father, I thank you for today. Thank you for this mighty group of people on the earth that you call your sons and daughters, your saints. I thank you, Jesus. You laid down your life for us. You shed your blood for us to redeem us so that we could go out and rescue mankind. Help us and teach us. In Jesus' name, amen.